0: This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder.
1: It's the special time of year. The days between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's so much to do, so little time. And this year we've got COVID-19 pandemic to navigate. You know, the song says it's the most wonderful time of the year. But for many, it's the worst time of the year I agree. as they deal with life changes and loss. Retired executive faculty member at Baylor University, Dr. Sheila Graham Smith with me. It's great to have you you here. Um, met you when I was doing Central Texas Living, yes, the TV show, yes, uh-huh. because your book, Tell the Truth About Adultery,
0: yes, a subject. story of yes.
1: love, betrayal and hope. and And there are a lot of losses that people have to, you know, deal with and the holidays just seem to emphasize mm-hmm. losses whether it's its death or the loss of a relationship let's talk about your book first because it it is it's something that you wrote some years ago
0: 23 years ago
1: but just recently got it published that's right and and i thought it was interesting the first time i you we were trying to do it 23 years ago but the publishers like this is too raw this is too
0: that's exactly their response that they gave me and i thought okay, I'll put it away. (laughs) And I just put it away. And then what got it back going again was the Me Too movement. And I realized in listening to stories from people, and then all the clergy abuse stuff came out, you know, and I thought, wait, I think I was a victim. What, you know, and I started thinking about it. And I pulled out my book again, I thought, I think it's time for me see about getting this published and when I sent it out uh the you know you hear the stories about it's not going to get accepted just keep trying my first try and I heard back from I thought it was a joke I I mean I thought (laughs) it was a friend of mine playing a joke on me when I heard from the publisher so anyway yes it was the right time and um uh, I've gotten unbelievable response uh uh, from women that have been in the same situation, uh, ministers' wives or within the church or that kind of thing, and uh, how much this book meant to them, and mainly it's because they felt like they weren't alone, that right. they could speak out, that it wasn't something to be ashamed and embarrassed about. This just happened to you.
1: Yeah, the The little different wrinkle in this is that you were married to a pastor. yes and there the adultery was there was a, another young divorcee who needed pastoral care that's right and uh wow it just went from bad to worse it
0: went from bad to worse and then i realized also after this came out was that it had been going on all the way through our marriage from church to church no yes
1: i did not read yes. that in a book yeah. so that is yeah
0: and 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 i heard from these women with whom some of them with whom he'd had dalliances or whatever you want to call it some weren't all uh fleshed out affairs but and they were like yeah i was one of those me too so
1: oh my goodness it was
0: um it was awful to think that um uh, what i thought was a good life you have uh, two sons two sons and um uh, that that it just didn't, it almost felt like it was a lie, but now I know it wasn't. It's just something that happens to you, and um, you you will get over it. Uh, it will be a scar, but like your first Thanksgiving or Christmas after something like this, after a divorce, I call it uh before divorce and after divorce your mm-hmm. life is uh, that that first holiday get together you have an open wound and it's kind of scabbing over you're trying to get better but it's still it's like when you have a scab on your knee as a kid and you know how anytime it bumps it hurts, it hurts and yeah. it seeps and then it oozes and <laughs> then it finally gets well yeah well now it's just a scar and i don't even it doesn't even go across my radar right until holidays. Mm. And then I not that I um uh, I'm in still pain or anything like that. It's just it makes me remember those first years. Right. After those hol-
1: emotions are still there, this, even even with the time. Right. And you've remarried. You got a happy I, marriage.
0: Great. I mean, now I know what a marriage is supposed to be like. Yeah. You know. I have this sweetest guy ever, but I'm very, very fortunate.
1: (laughs) Well, now, your boys, um, I I was struck by, you know, of course, this betrayal happened to you, you know, you proceeded with, tried to put it together, you did a lot of kind of way over the top heroics, trying to win him back. Yes. And that you realized that wasn't happening. But yet, I think it's, it's hard to imagine how his own flesh and blood, he could just, because, the off. yeah, the boys, the boys are genetically tied to him. I think yes. that's the way you put it. Yes. Whereas a marriage, you know, you choose this person. Didn't yeah. work out. OK, bye. Yeah. But but these, you know, how are they doing as, as and they were pretty much grown, right? When this yes. happened,
0: uh, they were both at Baylor at okay. the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so thankfully, Baylor is structured in such a way that there are built in support systems for them. And they had good friends. They were, you know, in a fraternity and but the professors were wonderful and kind and supportive to them. And, um, uh, the same with me because I was working on my uh, PhD at the time and finishing it up. And my professors were so kind and supportive to me. So you realize that you do have that built in, uh, support system when you go through this type of grief and, um, For example, the first uh, Thanksgiving, (laughs) I dreaded it, but I knew that my sisters had my back and they were looking out for me. Um, And so, uh, and when my boys got there, um, it was like all the raucousness of cousins, they just enveloped them back in and that was healing to them. They were like, okay, a lot of things are changing but this doesn't change. The mm-hmm. cousins are still here. The family's still here. We're still having Thanksgiving at the same place. We still have our special Middle East infused uh, Thanksgiving meal <laughs> and things like that don't change. Okay. So you
1: brought it up. Let's go back to your childhood. You were born in Beirut, Lebanon, Lebanon. Yes. And, and grew up there.
0: Yes. In fact, So let's just talk about that. Parents missionaries or what? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. My parents were missionaries and my dad's from Scotland and he had been stationed in North Africa and the Middle East during World War II. He was a navigator in the British Air Force. And my mother, who is a Baylor grad, uh, and uh, her husband went to the Middle East as missionaries and... um, they went to, they were assigned to Palestine before Palestine was Israel, when it was uh, still Palestine an Arab nation. And uh, so after World War II, when all the Western alliances were looking for a place for all these Jews that we have freed, you know, from the concentration camps, what are we going to do? And uh Palestine was a weak Arab country at the time and so I won't go into all the political part of it but that was one of the places uh that Jews were that were were sent because for number one America wasn't accepting mm-hmm. uh they they didn't want you know they were like hit Their capita of Jews or whatever, yeah, because
1: there were quite a few that did come. Yes, you
0: know, there were quite a few that the wealthy that could leave, that was you know, but the ones that were stuck, mm-hmm. and I won't get into the politics of it, but they were assigned to Palestine. And uh, my mom's first husband, uh, Henry Haygood, also a Baylor grad, oh. um, he passed away there, he's buried in. Uh, Uh, in Israel. His grave is there, but she stayed. Um, and she had, uh, my oldest brother who's passed now, but he was, a just a toddler. And my mom is a very strong woman and she's, you know, I'm called as a missionary. I'm not going back. I don't see any reason to go back. Everybody assumed she would. And she stayed. Mm. And so she was going to language school there in Jerusalem, and my father was in her class, and he was assigned to her as a tutor. Wow! Because uh, he was just like soaring through Arabic and really good, and she was doing well in conversation but struggling with the writing. Anyway, they ended up. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, interesting story. And uh, so you're you're born there, yes. by, and you don't come stateside till you're a teenager. Freshman.
0: Freshman at Baylor I came.
1: Oh my goodness what kind of a cultural shock you and I are about the same age. That's
0: right we were there at the same time. And so I can
1: imagine you know my growing up here in Central Texas going to Richfield High School and you know so all the teenage stuff and all that sort of thing you were like in a totally another world. Another world
0: and I consider I'm bilingual (laughs) so Arabic and English and basically I speak Arabic with those that are arab and english i just switch back and forth mm-hmm. and even to this day i'm i dream in arabic do you and, really and i'm more comfortable i i have a sense of belonging when i'm a, i'm around arab communities my lebanese friends and so forth um i still i feel like i if you can belong in two different places that's what i do mhm yeah right um, but, uh, um, what was
1: the biggest shock though at Baylor dating. as a, yo, know, yeah, cause you really, I didn't, hadn't. Yeah.
0: Uh, and yeah. get in a car with a guy and even the driving part, I didn't have my driver's license. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't learn how to drive. I learned how to drive in the parking lot at the, uh, at the library. Yes. Um, right. Okay. So,
1: um, you're professionally, you, uh, we're at Baylor. You're retired now You're due to health issues. Yes, and so um, and talk a little bit about what you did with it. you. You were kind of yes. an advocate for special needs students. Yes,
0: uh, I was the director of the Office of Access and Learning Accommodations, mm-hmm. and that's the support office for students with disabilities. Yeah, and I taught also in curriculum and instruction and in educational psychology. So it was like a executive staff slash faculty position. Um, And uh, when I had to retire, my heart was broken. But another uh, avenue opened up for me, and that was uh, being able to uh, start a special ed program in Lebanon um, and kind of transferring my skills here, but starting something new and fresh there in Lebanon uh, with – and being able to be bilingual i was able to go to the minister of education and speak in arabic and then you know back and forth so it was it was like everything in my life came together mm-hmm. for this so something good
1: comes out, out of, out of that. Yeah. the the fact that you you had to retire yeah. uh you mentioned your sisters yes. with close family yes. and uh, as we're talking about loss and dealing with loss you you recently lost a sister
0: yes it's I still can't believe she's not there because we can't get together for holidays and I would have really felt her absence because she lived in Washington state and it was one of these horrible things. She was diagnosed with lung cancer, never smoked. Um, And two weeks later she was dead. It was like, we had, we didn't have a chance to, uh, I mean, all of us sisters got on a FaceTime conversation mm-hmm. with her. And then on an an afternoon, her daughter, who's a doctor, arranged it for us. And we were talking and laughing and just cutting up as only sisters can do. And then that evening she was she died. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I yeah. mean, we were talking about getting together again the next day. Mm-hmm. It's just been. Yeah.
1: Well, and we've, you know, so many people now that I'm know of who have passed away because of covid yes and there's just a lot of loss this time of year. what are your thoughts on i mean how are you getting through
0: um i have to even though i don't mind speaking out to large groups and teaching and doing all this i'm basically an introvert i need to be alone to uh get my energy back mm-hmm. uh, whether it's in the garden or uh, writing and I, I have my own uh, website now and I do um, writing uh, twice a week blog posts and that has helped a lot uh, but I have to find and choose what I know is real and stable and glob onto that um, during the holidays yeah. um, and one is uh, with my husband now. Uh, for example, this Thanksgiving with nobody, we did an all-day date day for Thanksgiving, just the two of us. <laughs> How fun! We did. We got all dressed up. We had the fancy meal, the best dishes, china. We got Aww. it all out, and we just had the best time. <laughs> That's good.
1: Well, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, kind of going back to the to the book. Yes. Um, in spite of everything you went through. Yes. You know, your faith wasn't shaken, no. and I think that's because I I could see somebody saying, you know, I, I had this storybook, you know, situation, married to the pastor, and then, boom, you know, he is a total reprobate. And but yeah, you you never you never seemingly never, your your faith wasn't shaken by that.
0: No, it wasn't. And in fact, now I remember the exact time on the couch in one of those sleepless nights with my grandmother's Afghan on me and i just had this epiphany that the world can take everything away from you everything but not your faith nobody can take that away that's mine yeah and um and i think one reason is because i didn't depend on church for my faith or a relationship for my faith my faith was my own
1: um, yeah that's that's a um... Well, well said, because I mean, it, you can see how people, can have a crisis of faith when something unexpected an unexpected death something like that there's this anger you know you hear about the stages oh, of grief of yes. and yeah there's a lot of anger in this book you <laughs> just a just a tad it's like telling a, the truth like when the the other woman you talk to her on the phone and you kind of lose it <laughs> i lost it okay so again this was years ago i mean you very you ago. were just like it all now, just boiled out yes
0: but but I mean you you regretted it I think right oh yes I did regret <laughs> it and I apologized for it yeah I did yeah kind of <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think one of those sons like, sort of overheard part of it he's like he did
0: mom he goes mom that's enough now let's just <laughs> hang up the phone. let's just hang up the phone <laughs> but you know
1: that that's that part of the process is yes. the anger
0: yes it is it's the anger and um, but then you know you put the anger away. But then it comes up. And I think the best way to deal with these strong emotions is feel them. Yeah. You know, some people say, oh, you know, don't do that. That's being too emotional or too this. And I'm like, no, feel whatever it is that you're feeling, whether it's anger or sadness, or or just you want to cry in the middle of the grocery store, then just do it. Um, And you need to Pass through and walk through those times through the valley of the shadow death. And uh, you, you're you going to walk through them. You're going to keep walking. You're mm-hmm. going to keep walking.
1: I like to end these little visits with a questionnaire. Okay. similar Similar Ooh. to the one the late, great James Lipton would do on Inside the Actors Studio. Does that ring uh, a bell? Doesn't ring a bell with you. I, no. <laughs> Some some people do. Some no American some culture
0: here. Well, I was
1: going to say, you know, that could be a little, little bit of that, but very simple. It's like, what is your favorite word? Oh, dear. Because you're a wordsmith.
0: I am. Um, sanctuary. Oh, beautiful. That's it. That's it. Definitely. Sanctuary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's your least favorite word?
0: <laughs> I know exactly what it is.
1: Do you need to spell it? <laughs>
0: uh, no. Plethora. I hate that word, mm, okay. and it's because it's overused. And people like to just drop it in like a word bomb <laughs> to prove that they're just very—I uh, don't know—educated or something. I mean, I hear it everywhere on sports announcers or whatever. <laughs> and I'm going really. No, I'm going to have to notice that. <laughs> know, you
1: will, I promise. So okay. that's a pet peeve. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, that's good. Now that's fine. So, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Mm.
0: Uh, colors, patterns, um, I can be out in the yard, um, and you know me, uh, we share the love of gardening, and I, I'll, I'll see a pattern of the way the flowers are growing, or colors, the way they fit together, or walking through Joanne's fabric and just (laughs) running my hands through the fabrics, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So colors Mm -hmm. and patterns, and yeah.
1: Yeah. Good. So what turns you off creatively, emotionally or spiritually?
0: Uh, background noise. I, um, even in church, sometimes, um, I'll get distracted by when it, I feel like it's too much coming at me mm-hmm. or someone's trying to manipulate, kind of trying to ma- manipulate my emotions or feelings. I get I resist, I said I'm not going there. Just because you want me to, I'm not going to. <laughs> good. Good. But yeah.
1: Well then what sound do you love the most?
0: Oh, I know that. The birds in the morning. Mm. Uh we sleep with our windows open even in the wintertime and I love that. And my chickens waking up. I love yeah. hearing that. My chickens waking up. I was gonna ask you how your chickens singing. are doing. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You just gotten a, a new new crew of chickens. This a yeah. new little flock. Yeah. Um, in fact, one ended up being a rooster, and you oh, didn't. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Hello. Had... Hello.
1: <laughs> he was kind of this teenage rooster. Yeah. <laughs> he was making all kinds
0: of noise. And I thought, what's wrong with him? Yeah. What's wrong with his hen? <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> it's a rooster. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, what's your least favorite sound?
0: Hmm. Uh I I I don't like background music. Mm-hmm. I don't like background uh I'm I'm a very quiet person, so whenever and I'm not a music person, I'm not talented musically, so um I never have music on the radio. It's always a talk show mm-hmm. NBR something. Mm-hmm. So, I think background music, especially if it's real loud, like in a restaurant or something, oh, yeah, I just want to go turn it off
1: mm, and we we will ask I'm yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what other profession would you have liked to try?
0: Mm. Uh, recent uh in my more retirement years, I've enjoyed gardening a whole lot more, and I think I would love to be like real a professor in gardening I mean like you could be (laughs) Dr. (laughs) Smith (laughs) really get into it and know it and you know all the bees all you know all of that just fascinates me so Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. maybe a nursery uh, owner there you go yeah
1: well and uh, you provided a lot of plants for my garden so I (laughs) I have to publicly thank you for that because they did they did great they did great well what profession do you know you would not want to do
0: Anything to do with math, accounting, (laughs) technology, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we kind of have a theme going. I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm just like, my brain doesn't, although with my website and everything I have now, I have taken a huge leap and learned so much. So I do have a web person that Mm -hmm. supervises everything, but I do all of the other stuff that inputting myself. I feel real proud of myself. You for should. Yeah. It. Yeah. That's good. But it hadn't been easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So, um, finally, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: Hmm. I just say, I want, I want arms wide open, almost like a garden gate opening and him saying Ahlan was Ahlan, which means uh, Welcome, with good health and hospitality, everything that's mine is yours, come on in. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's great. what I want.
1: That's great. So tell us again how how folks can uh, access your website. You have a blog, you have a Facebook page? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, how, do, how do they get that?
0: So if you go to uh, all lowercase Sheila Graham Smith uh, at com, you can... Um, I, you'll get to my, uh, um, a lot of things will pop up, but you can get to my website by SheilaGrahamSmith.com. And uh, and I post to Facebook. If you want to befriend me on Facebook, that's great. Um, and uh, so you can access my website that way. And I post twice a week on Tuesdays meditations. And on Fridays, it's gardening mm-hmm. and recipes and hospitality. Fun. And you for my book, you can go to Barnes and Noble, um, they carry it, or uh, go to Amazon.
1: Again, it's tell the truth about adultery, a story of love, betrayal, and hope. That's right, and emphasis uh, hope, on hope. Hope is the is the key right there. Thank That's you,
0: Dr. It. Sheila Graham Smith. It's been a joy. Thank you. It's always good talking to you. Thanks, my friend. are you building a new business while managing a family are you tired of trying to balance home and work and everything seems to be coming up short then there's a podcast made just for you baking your business from scratch is where we create the perfect recipe for building a successful business while managing your home and family with love come join us and see for yourself This has been a Media Network Podcast.